Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It's episode 96. Sorry for the delay. I took a week off. Why? Because life happens. Life happens. I got a lot of things going on right now. Got a kid cooking. Got a property upstate that's getting worked on. The architecture is underway. We had to meet with the architect. We had to meet with the landscape. I had to go up there one other time to drop off just some of my wife's goods because, you know, I'm trying to be a good husband. And, you know, it was tough to drive in the car with all those boxes. It was obscuring my view. It's dangerous. I also wanted an excuse to go up there and get a cup of coffee from this place that makes the best fucking coffee I've ever had in America. Because if you go to Italy, it's just top notch, top of the line. You can't, the shittiest cup, granted, they only make espresso there. You don't get, they don't serve the cups of coffee like we have in America. Because, of course, in America, we overdo things. We uh, take it to a point of just classlessness. You're not supposed to just have thermos of coffee. You're not supposed to just have a fucking barrel of Joe. It's supposed to be, you know, a quick hitter. You take it back, you knock it back, it's done. But it's, um, I mean, dude, the shitty, it's all espresso there. But I mean, Starbucks, maybe you can. Dude, if you're in Italy and you're going to a Starbucks, I mean, just give me your money and let me use it to travel because you're doing it wrong. You get the world's best coffee in your hands and you're going to American-made Dog shit grown, pesticide riddled, full of toxins, Starbucks? Why don't you just hit Pizza Hut too while you're there? Apparently coffee's like the most fucking disgusting, disgusting contaminated crop in America. So it's important to get organic. Just a quick FYI for you people out there who care about your body and yourself. Apparently you should always get whole bean coffee because when you get ground coffee... Like 7% of it is cockroaches or something because it's impossible to keep the grinders clean. The monstrous grinders that they use. So teach his own. But you know. There's this company I use called the Cleon. I feel it is. Cleon, I believe it is. K-L-I-O-N. Just Google like clean coffee and it, it'll come up if you're interested in that. But yeah. Fucking Starbucks in Italy. Why don't you stop at P.F. Chang's while you're in China too? You white trash piece of shit. You could be Indian going to P.F. Chang's in China and you're white trash. Just like the word gay doesn't always mean gay when you use it. White trash doesn't always mean white trash. You could not be white and be white trash if you're doing shit like that. You hit a Starbucks in Italy. Woot trash. The shittiest, shittiest cup um, of espresso in Italy is a hundred times better than any, the best espresso that you'll have in New York, which is probably the best espresso you'll have maybe in the country. I don't, you know, I'm not just trying to prop up where I'm from, but it's, you know, the best of the best tend to come here to the city. The hardest working tend to come here and try to fucking make their mark because it's, you know, that's what competitors like. That's what competitors do. They push themselves. Being around other competitors helps to get you to your fucking top status, the best that you can be. And then when that fucking happens, then you get the hell out of here because this place is a fucking succubus. But um, yeah, man, this place, I mean, I will, I would drive an hour and 20 just to get coffee from, it, it's so, I haven't had their espresso, but they make this fucking, whoa, almost fell over there. They make this Japanese iced coffee. I don't know what makes it Japanese, but uh, I don't know, something to do with the ice, how they put, I don't know, but it's fucking incredible. And then the other day, I'm not even a big iced coffee guy. I usually like it hot. And I got my first hot coffee from there and it was, uh. Ethiopian, which the other coffee is Ethiopian as well. I don't know what makes it knees. But anyway, this hot coffee was from Ethiopia. And it was also 
just unbelievably. Well, I mean, it takes 25 minutes to get a cup of coffee from this place. And it's, you know, that's acceptable when you're handing me the best version of a thing that I can get. I'll tolerate that. I go into anywhere else, I'm fucking, I'm flipping tables and I'm raising hell and I'm throwing sugar packets all over the place. I'm ripping them open and I'm throwing sugar packets all over the place if you're fucking making me wait 20 minutes for a cup of coffee, unless it's fucking blowing my dick tip to pieces. And this one is. And I will say this cup of coffee got me higher than any cup of caffeine I've ever had in my life. I mean, I couldn't feel my extremities. I felt like I was fucking floating. It was insane. And, uh, you know, from a cup of coffee, I should say, because there was a time when I took no explode a pre-workout when I was 16. And uh, that was the highest I've ever been on caffeine. I mean, I weighed 90 pounds and I was curling probably, I think I remember curling 70s in each hand, dumbbells, benching twice my body weight, just absolutely out of, out of control, off of the wall, wired. And then I went home and I had a sweet 16 that night. And I remember getting ready, putting a suit on, looking in the mirror, just, just shaking, thinking I might pass away. And then I went to the sweet 16 and uh, it culminated in me rapping in a circle, surrounded by my friends, um, Eminem's verse in Smack That featuring Akon, or featuring Eminem, really, and just not, not missing a fucking lyric. Boy, that feels good. Is there anything more just, oh boy, you ever, you ever be in a car and you're just so confident, you know the lyrics and you're with other people and the song comes on that you fucking love and you start singing it? And you think in your head, oh, these people are impressed. I'm fucking nailing it. And then you slip up and you miss that one word. And you wish you had a gun to fucking take everybody's life to get out of that feeling. I don't know. I feel awful. Even just if I'm with my wife and I'm singing or rapping along to a song. And I just miss one word. I'm like, oh, all right. I'll I'll, I'll be done now. I'll be done. And also, just an FYI, nobody, when you're singing along to a song, nobody likes it. You're not as good as the person singing. You're not as talented. We don't like you as much. Don't do it. I went to that Father John Misty concert the other day and I was singing. I was singing along to a song and this is what I respect about my wife. She turned to me and goes, don't, don't stop. It's too much. I'm here to enjoy this guy. Not your fucking raspy, crackly, out of tune shit. Shut your fucking hole. And she was right. She was fucking right. But yeah. I don't know, it's something so mortifying about being in the zone, singing in a car, and then you just fuck, you slip up, and you say, you know, you just say something that's not what you thought, but you had the confidence, the utmost confidence, that that was going to be the word. I don't know why my stomach sinks into my fucking ball sack. And I wish everybody in the car would fucking pass away when I did it so I didn't have to feel that shame. That feeling of failure, just public failure in the moment. <laughs> uh, oh, man. But anyway, yeah, I don't think uh, I missed last week's episode. I don't think I've talked to you people since I went to good old Portland. Which I will say it was a good time. I thought for a minute I did not like it. My first day there, I was exploring with Nick on the day I arrived there the day of the show explored and we were you know Portland is uh everybody there looks like they're wearing somebody else's used clothing and they also have the most vintage shops of any city town whatever I've ever been in in my life can nobody afford to buy new clothes there what's going on there every fucking apparel store at least in the the section that I was walking by the clothing being sold sold 
belong to a person who at some point in their life was like, I could really use five bucks for this used tea. And then drove to that store and sold it. That whole town kind of felt like if, you know, Brooklyn was missing a chromosome. Just a little bit less than, and then just the kind of liberal fucking Yahooism turned up a notch. A lot of blue-haired ladies who looked like they hated men but kind of wanted to look like one. Food that was good but not quite as good. This was my impression on the first day at least anyway. And then the second day, luckily... I had a red eye almost at, it was at 11.50 p.m. So I had the whole day to explore. And then I went to different parts of the city. And I, I will say, originally I was going to leave there and be like, I'm gonna, I don't need to recommend this place to anybody. But then I left and I'm like, I'll recommend it. It's fucking, the na- I got into nature. I got into the nature parts of it. And that's really where it turned. I went to the uh, Japanese Rose Garden, J- heavily Japanese theme pod. What's going on here? The Japanese Rose Garden was gorgeous. Gorgeous. A lot of different kind of roses. I didn't know there were that many kind of roses. I thought there was only, I thought a rose was a rose, but there's a bunch of different roses. Kind of like us as humans. We're all different versions of what we are. And some smell nice and some smell like shit. Some do nothing for you and some make your fucking dick wiggle. That's what was going on here. Gorgeous. And I mean the trees. I'm a big Christmas guy. And if you're just going to have a city that's surrounded by fucking Christmas trees infused with HGH, you're going to win my heart over. You're going to make my heart sore. Just mammoth Christmas trees littered all around that fucking place. What a lovely thing to look at. Um, and then also what's fantastic is just, I mean, if you guys can't afford new clothes there, I don't know, you wouldn't be able to make it anywhere because that was the cheapest city I've ever been in. Actually, my cousin who happened to be there visiting friends. So we met up. And uh, we went to a bar and we had a handful of drinks between five people. Dude, we were there for hours. We were for the, there for the, um, a half of a football game. And uh, it cost $40 for all the drinks. Then we went to a restaurant, like Portland's top restaurant. Granted, it was a tapas place, so you know. It's usually a little more, the pricing's different, can be cheaper. But between five people, all of us drinking and all of us feeling full, at the end of the thing, I mean, it was so cheap that the price I remember it being feels incorrect to say. I remember it being under $120 for five fucking people drinking and eating. There's not one restaurant in New York City. You could go to fucking five guys here and drop 120 bucks on yourself if you want extra fucking fries. I couldn't believe it. So uh, bravo to you, Portland. Creating a livable city. I don't know what the fucking median income is there. It seems like a lot of people are struggling. If you're all wearing used clothing, maybe that's just the vibe. I don't know. Maybe you guys are so fucking progressive that it's somehow offensive to wear clothes that have never been worn before. They are all made in sweatshops, you know? That's probably what's going on. Don't you don't you dare bring a fucking new article of clothing to this city on the backs of some slave labor. We're gonna use, we're just gonna keep re-wearing and re-wearing and wearing and wearing clothes until they fucking disintegrate. And you know what happens after that? We just walk around with a leaf over our fucking crotch. You guys did look liberal as hell. You were fun to do comedy for. The show was sick. I think some of you guys came out. I have a lot of people sending me emails from uh, Helium, and it's unfortunate I, I wasn't able to send out that email. 
um, with more notice, but it is what it is. Um, but the club was sick. You guys were fun to do comedy for. Helium Comedy Club. Shout out to you guys. And uh, But you guys are... I, I saw more women there with shaved heads than not. I don't know if I could have gotten laid in that city. If I wanted to. I was single. And not married. Or a cheater. <laughs> Very passive-aggressive there, too. I feel like I could have... Uh, I feel like I kind of could have just robbed anybody at any time and it wouldn't have really been a big deal. Like, I could have just, like, passively gotten somebody to give me whatever they had on them and they would have been just, like, kind of... not even considered a robbery. They were just like, yeah, no, sh- yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> um, no, it was a cool place, man. And I'm realizing something about airlines that I, I'm not, have you guys, sometimes I'll get on planes and I'll get, and I'll be like, as soon as they shut that fucking door, I'm like, I cannot breathe. I feel like I'm being fucking pickled here. I feel like I'm being dried out. And I realized it happened on the flight back, not the flight there. And I think what I'm realizing it is it's JetBlue. There's something about their fucking air on that plane that it's like being on the goddamn Sahara. I get off of that plane and I feel like I don't have an ounce of water left in my body. I feel like I was just, somebody was dumping salt down my throat while I was napping. But I didn't have that on United. I think I might be done flying JetBlue. And it's so weird because that used to be my go-to. Speaking of pickle, though, that was the coolest place I went to in, in Portland. It was a place called, so I went to this place called the Pearl District. which was much more my speed. Places I wanted to go into, but it was another technically used thing. It was a, like a taxidermy place, which is hand-me-down animals that have died. But hey, look, you could take it home and kind of look at it still. It's basically just a used animal. But they had, dude, they had pickled, I don't know if pickled's the right word, but they were in jars with fluid. And it was like the fetus of a pit bull with a cleft palate. I posted a video of it on my, uh, a story on my Instagram. They had possums in a jar, baby lizards, um, just other dogs. I think a cockapoo, a poodle, weird shit. Um, But then they had all this taxidermy stuff. Dude, they had a, a hyena skull. That was not taxidermy. It was just a skull that was 30,000 years old. And it like crystallized because of the way it was in a cave. And it turned black. It was sick. It cost 40 grand, so I couldn't get it. But it was, that's fucking cool. They had a two-headed, uh, a calf. Like just a Siamese fucking skull of a calf, of a fossil. Just put back together. I wanted that, but that was 20 grand. Um, dude, they had, they had raccoons, badgers, um, a lot of cool shit. I got some rabbit fur with its skin still attached to it, which is weird, but it's so soft. It's so soft that it that it really negates any sort of bad feelings you have when you think about a rabbit just getting caught and then skinned. I mean, it's dead when they skin it, so who really gives a shit, right? I feel like they kind of do that with humans, you know, people who donate their bodies to science, those cadavers. Every time I watch a cadaver video, I'm like, I can't believe this was a person who was just like, yeah, I'll sign up for you fucking dehydrating me, cutting me open and then filming it and putting it on TikTok for kids to watch while they take a shit. I mean, do any of you, you got that on your fucking, is that just what an organ donor is? Or is that a different thing? You got to like seek out that paperwork where you, where I'm like, I want you to fucking use my body in class. Pull my stomach out in the middle of a lecture and talk about how I had fucking leaky gut syndrome or whatever. 
show them how my lungs were unhealthy because I fucking smoked blunts to be like Lil Wayne from the ages of 14 to 22. <laughs> I can't believe people do that. Trying to advance science. Which is good and bad. There's good good to science and bad to science. I got into it on the last episode. I'm not going to fucking burden you guys with that again. Eh. Um, also, speaking of the last episode, I kind of kind of came came to a quick um, conclusion of how I felt about that Italian prime minister without really looking into her. Um, apparently, she was she's very pro uh, Mussolini, kind of a fascist. Apparently, I don't know. I watched her give an impassioned speech, and uh, it seemed like she really believed in some stuff. And I didn't know it was inspired by uh, you know ruthless dictators who who may or may not have killed some of mine and your ancestors. But, you know, I'm easily confused, manipulated. I can be swayed by anybody who's just really confident about a thing. It was just nice to see a politician who, um, you know, at least had a backbone and just just a, a, a real, you could just see that she had an opinion and a point of view that she believed in. And that's nice because, you know, the politicians here just go wherever the money goes. You can find a video of any politician at any point in time just completely being a massive hypocrite, just completely flip-flopping, playing both sides because of what's been, because it, it's what benefits them in that moment. At least it's nice to see a woman who, you know, maybe her beliefs are rooted in hatred and death and murder, but, you know, at least you know where she stands. And that's a breath, that's a breath of fresh air in politics, I think. But, uh, yeah, I should start to look into things more before I just have a point of view on them, I guess. Huh? This fucking Italian prime minister really got me going. She really got me jazzed up to, uh, you know, not like different types of people. And uh, I'll quickly promote this. I'm going to be in Austin on October 23rd doing a show for Nick again um, at Cap City Comedy Club. Come to the show if you guys would like. Uh, I know I got people in Texas who are interested in seeing me live. It'll be a good time. He's actually taping a special. So it'll be, be a pretty big, a nice, professional, fun night to be a part of. Um, That'll be cool. I look forward to learning about Texas and all. I've never been to Texas, not once. Um, I look forward to uh, breaking that down on my podcast. Um, I don't know how often I'm going to do this unless, you know, it's, I'm losing money doing these gigs because it's just one night, one show. You don't get paid a ton as a feature act and to fly to and fro with a hotel costs more than what they're giving me. So, uh, this could be it until my fucking my tour comes out. So come out and see me if you'd like. Um, I think I'm pro hotel now over Airbnb. I was heavy Airbnb. I didn't even consider looking at hotels for a while there. But those the hidden fees on Airbnb are just absolutely egregious. And hotels, at least, you know, just be clean and I'm happy about it. I'm never really fully comfortable at a hotel. I don't know. I mean, I'll bring my own pillowcase once in a while if I'm staying at a hotel on the fucking cheap. Um, and then I don't know what it is, but I'll get into, as soon as I get into a hotel, like I normally, when I go to bed, I move a bunch and I try to get comfortable. Do I get in a hotel bed and whatever position I get in, I don't move until I wake up because I don't know what it is. I'm just like, all right, I'm committed to this spot. Whatever germs are here are on me now. I don't need to roll into any more. Good night. Good morning. I just get in there and fucking freeze tag it. I don't know. I really am. I'm turning into my mother, dude, as I get older. Just an absolute fucking lunatic. 
with my health, wellness, germs, cleanliness. It feels good to be clean. Doesn't it feel good to be organized? Do you have that when you're in your apartment and it's fucking cluttered and chaotic? Can you guys just work right through that? I can't. I need to clean it up. Then I sit down. Then my mind feels clear. If my place is cluttered, my mind feels cluttered and I'm not productive. And uh, I guess I'll talk about this briefly because a lot of you are DMing me, shitting all over me because the Mets fucking, you know, collapsed, I guess, in Mets fashion. It's, uh, I'm sad. I'd be way sadder if the Giants weren't having the most improbable fucking start to their season. Uh, but yeah, man, the, um, it's brutal. They got no one else to blame but themselves. The uh, people that we paid to come here and, and come up big in those spots came up small. Um, DeGrom did his thing. He wasn't as good as he could have been or is normally, but we won that game at least. Um, I mean, Lindor showed up. Not really. Mets always setting records in, the, just in the, all the wrong ways. Dude, first MLB team to be one hit in a double elimination game. Just, of course. Um, and it's also made me, you know, obviously it's because the Mets didn't succeed through it, but I, I don't like the wild card anymore just because it, for any, not just because the Mets didn't win and move on, but it's, the MLB season is far too long for a team that proved their worth over 162 games to be decided in a three-game series. I feel like that's the point of the season being that long. That, all right, these teams proved who they are throughout a marathon of a season. Now you're rewarded. Here's your five-game series. You're in the playoffs. Let's see what you got. Um, and I'm, not, I'm really not just saying it for the, like, just because the Mets. I mean, the Mets had a three-game series all home. They should have won. Regardless of, of, I mean, they weren't going to advance no matter what. They clearly ran out of gas. They fell apart at the end of that year. Um, but it sucks. It sucks. I've now realized I got to commit myself less to an MLB season than I did or have normally done. Um, because it's just for, to watch that many games and for it to just end after three shitty ones is just, boy, is it, is it horrific. I mean, for that season, I mean, whether, you, you can talk about same old Mets, same old Mets, that was a different year, dude. 101 wins, second most wins in uh, franchise history. The amount of comebacks, magical moments, records that they did break that were positive. Best regular season of any team I've ever watched. You know, that's one of my favorite teams. Never seen the Knicks have that good of a season. Never seen the Giants have that good of a season. Regular season. Obviously, the Giants won. I've won multiple Super Bowls in my lifetime. Um, but that regular season was sick. And it sucks that uh, it just came and went like that the postseason. Very sad. And, and a lot of people won't be here next year. Edwin Diaz is a fucking free agent. That sucks. He's going to get a fucking just a landfill of money. Um, DeGrom will probably be gone. Nemo will probably be gone. Um, but we got Lindor, we got Alonzo, Scherzer. Um, I don't know. You better find some pitching, dude, because if Scherzer is going to keep getting hurt, he's fucking old as shit. Honestly, dude, you kind of got to sign the ground, but he gets hurt all the time, dude. I don't know. I trust Cohen and those guys. We'll see what happens. I mean, the dudes own the team for two years, and they've been the best two years I've ever gotten to witness in, outside of the 2015 season, which was just absolute an absolute fluke. Um but yeah, it's on to the Giants, 4-1, and one, just absolutely ridiculous. 
up until last week, I was like, this three and one start, it's insane. It's a little bit lucky. You know, one of them was a fucking missed field goal. Could have gone either way. But now, and then going into the Packers game, I was like, I don't expect to win this. But let's just let's just play sound football. Keep proving to me that we're well coached. And uh, people are progressing and getting better. And then we went in there and won. Shut down Aaron Rodgers in the second half. Zero points. Fourth and goal stopped. <clears throat> I mean, we've beaten the two number one seeds from last year. And now it's turned is changes. We, uh, me thinking we went from a lucky three and one team to now we're a four and one team. I expect to win going into Baltimore next week. We're beating the Packers with fucking Kenny Seals as our wide receiver one dude, marching down the field with Saquon hurt for that drive. Daniel Jones getting it done with Breida, Slayton, Sills, and Johnson. You don't even know these people. <laughs> Half of our fucking defense was out too. We fielded almost a practice squad fucking level team last week and came out with a W in London. Neutral site, but more of a fucking road game for us because those guys love Rogers. Um, and I can't blame him. That guy's guy's the shit. He's a little weird with all of his outspoken whatever shit now, but uh he's incredible. Anyway, um, I gotta get going though. That's the episode this week. I apologize for the missed week. Last week, hope hope you guys are still here and didn't just leave and give up on the podcast. Um I appreciate you. Stay safe. Take care. Bye. Oh, looks like another club hanger. They better hang on when they throw this thing on. Get a little drink on. They gon' flip for the sake on shit. You can bank on it. Pedicure, manicure, kitty cat claws. The way she climbs up and down them poles. Looking like one of them pretty cat dolls. Turn on the whole moody back through my drawers. Steps off stage, didn't think I saw. Creeps up behind me and she's like, yeah. I'm like, I know. Let's cut to the chase. No time to waste. Back to my place. Bust from the club to the cribs like a mile away. I'm more like a paddler, shall I say? And plus, I got a pal if he gallows game. In fact, he's the one singing the song that's playing. Hey, girl. I feel you creeping. I can see it from my shadow. Wanna jump up in my Lamborghini Gallardo? Maybe go to my place and just kick it like Tybo. Possibly been you over. Look back.